And now from the NowCast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hi, welcome to the Audio NowCast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and this is our very first podcast. And now from the NowCast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Audio NowCast. This is your host, Mike Rodriguez. Actually, it's not. Mike Rodriguez is not here this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Rob Arbatier. And, and our special guest today is pretty much every guest we've ever had on the Audio Nowcast. Guys! <laughs> this is our one-year anniversary podcast. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the guys. Over here on my right, we've got Scott Gershon. Hi, Mike. And across the table, we've got Andrew Sheps. Hey, Mike. What's and next to him, on? we've got Rob Arbatier. Hello, Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the third time <laughs> that we tried that intro. And uh, next to him, we've things? got uh, Bobby Summerfield. I like. I'm just waiting for you to give me a title. (laughs) (laughs) We are honored to have uh, musician, producer, author Bobby Osinski with us. Bobby, hi guys. Hi guys. (laughs) The Iron Man of the podcast, Rob Arbatier. Showing some signs of rust, but thank you. (laughs) Guys, this is podcast 100. Joining us all the way from somewhere, somewhere on this planet, New York, Austin, somewhere. Abu Dhabi. I think it's Abu Dhabi. (laughs) The one and only Mr. This is show 150, Rob Arbiter. Rob, how you doing? Hello, everybody. I am joining you from lovely, not sunny New York City. Man, and we've got some great stuff going on. It's like... I'm totally excited about this next year on the podcast because we're going to be doing some fun stuff. Have a huge announcement. Um, our next podcast. I'm not going to announce it right now, but it's it's really huge. It'll be kind of fun. Tease that sucker. Mm. I just teased it right there. <laughs> As a matter of fact, here it is. Um, this guy's one of my heroes and is is literally responsible for me having my music career because of the products that he's designed and he has built and that's the one and only mr dave smith from dave smith instruments dave hello hi everyone you're listening to the audio nowcast sponsored by api and wireworld pro audio now from the nowcast network studios here's mike hey welcome to the audio nowcast my name is mike rodriguez and before we get going let me introduce the guys and before we get going, let me stop sharing the screen. <laughs> hey, joining us today at the Audio Nowcast for our 200th episode, our 14-year anniversary, is everybody. <laughs> okay, let's start over, starting with Mr. Nick Peck. Hello, hey! Mike. Hello, everybody. <laughs> How are you all doing today? Uh, Followed by Mr. Diego Stucco. Hey, everybody. Diego! Followed by Brandon Birdside. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Followed by a voice from the past. Uh, boy, I've missed this guy, Mr. Bill Hi, Burgess. Pete. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, followed by uh, one of the originals, Mr. Bobby. I'm all covered up, Summerfield. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrorist! That's a terrorist! <laughs> and then followed by our other 
<laughs> the the other Bobby, Mr. Bobby Osinski. Hey, Hi, everybody. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> uh, followed by Mr. Scott Gershon. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, followed by Mr. Martin Page. Oh, Pagey boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then finally, last but not least, I've made it to 200 podcasts over 14 years, Mr. Rob Arbiter. And Rob, you're muted. <laughs> Turn your mic on. It's the red button. There you go. That's weird. I didn't mute myself. I guess Zoom didn't want to hear from me. That's worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> so I love their AI. Uh, all right, guys. Well, hey. This is, this is our, our 200th podcast, <laughs> and it's going to get a little crazy here. But uh, first of all, Two things we got to do right off the top. Uh, everybody, if you have a beverage, we got a toast to hitting uh, number 200. Uh, so so you grab have. your beverage of, of choice. I'm going to make a toast. Well, Bobby's going to pick up a whole bottle. <laughs> get some, Rob, get one of the water bottles, what buddy. Come on. There you go. <laughs> Hold on. Rob got to get some water. And I know there's water because he's in our podcast studio. And I bought this a whole- is the most valuable thing in California right now. <laughs> All right. There we go. There we go. Okay. Stand by. Where's the bottle, Bobby? Where's the bottle of tequila? Tequila. Tequila. All right. Here we go. I'm going to give a toast to uh, 14 years of doing the podcast, 200 episodes. And this is a toast to you guys for participating in this. So big cheers to all the great advice and great stories. Cheers. Cheers. Woo! Congratulations! <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, this is our 200th uh, episode. 14 years. We started it. We feel uh, we started in 2006 in April, and actually, um, we've done some pretty amazing things throughout the year. Uh, we've had tons of uh, panel members join us, and and some of us left us, and some are coming back. Um, but it, it's been it's been pretty incredible. And what's really incredible, <laughs> what's really incredible is uh, we still got the originals. We started with Bobby, Martin, Scott, and Rob. And 14 the years later, you, you, guys, you guys made it. So that's the graveyard shift. That's fantastic. You know what? I realized I neglected to introduce our special guest, too. And joining us today is Miss Andrea Jackson, who is the voice of of the audio nowcast she's been doing all the promos and all the tags uh for the last 14 years and it's really great it's pretty awesome and she does a fantastic job um but i want um but i want to uh just say a few things about the podcast our very first guest i invited him tonight but it's super late over there was larry dropa he was the first guest that we had on the podcast um and when i started the podcast uh i started it because I was opening up an API uh, dealership, and I thought, yeah, I could do a dealership and work full-time in the no, you were lonely. post-production. You were lonely. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, lonely. We were, I thought we were only going to do – I thought we were going to do four episodes. I was like, <laughs> if, we, if we can get four episodes, then that would be great. And uh, we ended up 200 episodes. And along the way, 
met some amazing people. Diego came on board. Bobby Osinski yeah. came on board. Brandon came on board. Bill came on board. Nick came on board. And it's just, it's just this ever growing um, panel list. And what's amazing about all the panelists is, as everybody is superstars in all their, all their fields. Like we have no slouches here. There's been nothing but amazing, amazing, amazing things. But, uh, you know, as we're starting uh, this, I, I want to say a few things. The, the fans that we have out there, all seven of them, they're like super fans, man. <laughs> they they listen to the podcast. They found the podcast. We don't do any marketing. I mean, I should, but it's always been a labor of love. And, um, and, and they're just so supportive. And if we don't have a podcast, they will email me like, when's your next podcast? When's your next podcast? When's your next podcast? So they're just great. We got the best fans in the world. And how they found us, I, I'll never know, but I'm, I'm glad they're listening. <laughs> but, same family. They're just seven people in the same house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but I just wanted to start off, and I want to just kind of go around the room super quick. Um, around the world, and, you mean? Well, yeah, around the world, exactly. But I, I want to just, you know, visit with, with each person and just find out how they're doing and, and how it's affecting their workflow and how they're they're overcoming the workflow with the whole virus thing. Let's start with you, Diego. What, what's your what's your workflow look like? How what's what's happening over over with you and your sound design? Um, I haven't seen much of a difference because I always been working in my own place and uh, I had I work on long term things, so I haven't really seen a, a short term disruption. But there is obviously a disruption on a larger scale happening for everybody and. Uh, the hope is that we are going to be able to make it through. And by the time we are on the other side, things are still going to be working. There's still going to be people making music, uh, you know, using the stuff that we do. And uh, that's the hope. But um, there is definitely an increase in, um, you know, stress uh, hearing what's going on, especially because I arrived uh, uh, from Italy in January, I, I was with a girlfriend, and wow. uh, we 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 started hearing about this thing. Um, and so when we arrived back here, uh, we were already wearing masks on the flight, and people were like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> wow! But the reason is that we we heard about this thing a, a little bit earlier, and we just prepared mentally for what was happening. And unfortunately, in Italy, the situation is really bad. Yeah. Uh, there has been a lot of uh, a lot of changes, to say the least, in the way people live now. Well, wow, that's 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 pretty intense. And I would imagine coming from Italy, what's happening over there has been pretty intense. Yeah. But um, at least you have a really nice system behind you, and you've you've you know looks like you're you're still moving forward. We've heard Nick and we've heard Brandon on previous podcasts, so if you want to find out, you can catch those. But let's talk to Bill. Bill, how about you? What's what's you, how has this affected your workflow and, and everything that you do? Well, I have done over 800 online tutorials, so it doesn't affect me at all. <laughs> I'm in the same room. Hey, wait, are we going to get, are we going to get into a logic battle with, with Rob? Can we do that before the end of the podcast? You know, <laughs> it doesn't, I quit using logic. <laughs> what do you, uh, yeah, I use, um, <laughs> uh, and um, and what about you, Andy? Uh, uh, Andrea, I mean, sorry. 
stop using logic. <laughs> I did stop well, using Well, being logic. in radio now for what, over 30 years, this is the first time I've ever seen anything, anything like this happen. Um, it's unprecedented. Of course, a lot of morning shows and radio people are not driving into their studios anymore. Their companies have set them up at home. Like myself, I've been broadcasting now from the house for oh four weeks. Um, so to me, this is just kind of putting the, the pedal to the metal of what was coming anyway uh, with technology and the ability to broadcast from our homes and how companies uh, in terrestrial radio are trying to survive and, and still remain profitable. It seems like this coronavirus has kind of put the spotlight on those changes that we knew were going to be coming anyway. So yeah, we're all adjusting and adapting. Um, unfortunately, in my business, a lot of furloughs, a lot of layoffs, iHeart's downsizing. They're going from 12,000 employees to 6,000. Wow. Um, it, it is a massive, um, this has really caused a massive uh collapse of uh, radio and the advertising dollars because we we uh, really sell that advertising for people in cars but when you're quarantined you're not commuting That's in your so car anymore so yeah advertisers are pulling their budgets um, and it has really hurt radio quite a bit and um, I've even heard some numbers that like down like 90% of advertising which is that's our you know, commercial radio is supported by those, those advertising dollars. So we're wow. all just doing what we can and sacrificing where we can to, to keep this afloat so we can get through this little speed bump. And then I think those, those transitions that we know were coming anyway are just sped up a bit. Well, that's, that's just so shocking and eye opening. but we're going to visit with Andy a little later because we're going to talk more about radio and, and, and that industry in general. But I want to move it down. We've already heard from uh, Rob and Bobby and Scott on previous podcasts, but I want to talk to, uh, we'll get to Martin right now. Martin, how is, how has this time affected you with, with your writing and with uh, just being able to get the input that you get for, for the songs that you write and stuff like that? Well, the most important, well, the, the, the hell of it has been that I haven't been able to be uh, hugging Bobby. That's been the biggest thing because... <laughs> That's only because I've got COVID-19. <laughs> Usually my inspiration right. comes from squeezing him really tight because he's small. And if you yeah, squeeze yeah. him really tight, I get inspiration from that. <laughs> now, you know, for, for, for <laughs> there he is. I can see him now. Um, now, for me, uh, I think, you know, we're very fortunate because we're songwriters and we're usually, we're solitary um, people. And we um, we compose on our own a great deal. So for me, it's, it's almost like just saying work harder and uh, do some of the projects I wouldn't have normally finished. Um, you can see that everything is going to suffer through this, everything. Um, all, ASCAP has been writing to me and uh, all the, the, we were doing a publishing deal at the same time and everything stopped. So you know that we've gone into freeze frame. I think that um, as creators, it's, you know, it's quite important as what I can see everybody's doing. It's just still reaching out and saying that we'll get through it. And, uh, and hopefully the people that write those kind of songs and still communicate like you're doing, Mike, on this podcast, that keeps everybody realizing that it's going to be a long run. It's not going to be quick. And that's the biggest thing. And uh, again, as a songwriter, I think we, uh, we understand what it is to be slow and to... Um, pursue things over a period of time so for me personally all i've all i've missed is hugging bobby that's the only thing i've really totally missed and i could send you a picture now if you like i'd like that. i'd like that i'd, I'd, I'd like a cuddly doll <laughs> but no mike in general you know i think as a as a songwriter i just feel sorry for the world and you just hope that um 
uh, inspiration can still reach people that are really suffering. But for me, I work at home a lot. So it's just meant lock doors down and uh, do the work that you haven't done before. Well, and you never went out ever before. <laughs> no, no, you're kind of a hermit anyhow. So it's the most I've been out for three years. And <laughs> Bobby Summerfield, uh, how are you doing? I know you just came through the quarantine over in uh, in Australia, which, by the way, was a great read on your Facebook. It was really good following the whole quarantine. Uh, but uh, how are you doing now? And now that you're out of quarantine in Australia, how are you doing over there? It's you know it's fine. I mean, Australia is you know talking specifically about the the virus and the you know from a, a per capita point of view, they're, they're you know the second best in the world with with controlling it. So it's pretty good. So I feel pretty safe here. Um, as regards work, I'm actually pretty good. There's my there's my agent right now. No, More uh, work. Uh, no, I'm actually I'm doing okay. I'm still doing the same sort of thing. A couple of projects got um, um, put on hold for a little bit, but one project um, it looks like I'm going to do Survivor by myself down here this year because that nobody's can travel. So it's kind of worked in my favor a little bit. Um, but you know, generally it's, it's sad for the world. You know, I think the worst thing is my Tinder account sucks now. I can't really meet anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what's the point. Like, oh, I don't want to text you. <laughs> but you've still uh, got your disco lights. You've got your disco lights. Like, just in case. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Bobby, you're like just this pile of energy that I think you would glow no matter where you were. Like you just. Oh, absolutely you're like, darling. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Copious amounts of heroin and cocaine do that. <laughs> Well, look, I'm so glad, you know what, I'm so glad you, you made it from Australia to this podcast. That really means a lot. That's really great. And I'm glad everybody's finding a way to cope. You know, we've been doing this podcast for 14 years, and I'm going to open this up to every single person. Um, think about it. 14 years. There's a couple things that we've done, like episode 33. Uh, I got my, I talked about um, the first iPhone and I totally called the iPhone. I will take responsibility for that because I said, this is going to be the next big thing, music, all kinds of stuff. But so much has changed from going to record stores. You know, we talked about record stores and tower records and Virgin, you know, back at the early episodes to now. Um, I just want to ask everybody if, if you knew then, just tell me one thing. If you knew then what we know now, Okay, because I couldn't have ever imagined I'd be doing a podcast like this because of a pandemic around the world. But tell me the one thing um, that you would uh, that you would do differently back then. Like if there was something that you like, if you had the knowledge you had nowadays, and uh, I, would started, I would have signed up for Uber as a driver there and then. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know what? Let's 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 keep it kind of music related because obviously we'd all invest in stocks and things like that. Apple stock, yeah, exactly. Tesla. But you know what? If you if you think about it for a second, and then I'm going to ask each uh, each person, uh, and you know what we're going to start with? We're going to start with Scott. Scott, if you could, like one thing that you would change, uh, you know, back then, knowing what you know now. And if you want to pass, if we come back to you, we can do that too. Well, I'm going to pass on that one. Okay. That's so tough. You do, by the way, realize, Mike, if there were still record stores, they'd all be closed. <laughs> That's true. I think, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you one of the things when I was thinking about it, it's like, what would I do differently um, back then if I knew now 
uh, what I know now. And one thing that stands out to me is my organization of my digital files would totally mm-hmm. be different because back in the day, you know, you just, you're dealing with, oh, I just got a 10 gigabyte hard drive, you know, and, and uh, you're all excited. And so, you know, you're just throwing files here and there and you're, you know, it's just, I just wasn't as organized. And I'm working on a project that I've been shooting for almost 15 years and my file system is just crazy. And I'm like, you know what? I w- that's the first thing I would have done. I would have organized my digital life a little better. Um, so anybody else want to jump on the bandwagon? I don't want to put anybody in a spot. Anybody have anything that they would do differently back then if they knew what they knew now? How far back then are we talking about? 14 years. 14 oh, years. 14 years. 2006. I would have yeah. relocated. I would have changed where I live. Really? You would have gone to Australia? Definitely. Well, that's cool. Wow. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Bobby's always Bobby's always had terrible neighbors. <laughs> terrible neighbors. No, they lived. moved out. Those did dumb, they? Yeah, they moved out. They took the old screaming. Anyway. I'm going to have to talk to you after this to find out about your life. That's okay. okay. <laughs> oh, absolutely, definitely, Bobby. Definitely, definitely. Um, <laughs> hey, by the way, it's great to see Bobby and all the rest of you. It's really wonderful because this has been a, a thing that Mike has made happen for so many years, and we should be grateful for that because <laughs> in, in these tough times, uh, you it's guys great, are, that, big all, great that we can all come together <laughs> in this time. And it's all because of Mr. Rodriguez. Oh, uh, you guys are sweet. Thank you. But knowing that, Pagey Boy, what would you do differently? 2006, what would you do differently knowing what you know now? I think um, I would um, have stopped being friends with Bobby. That's no doubt about that. I would have cut that off early. That's that, okay. That's, <laughs> that's okay. He's in Australia, so you don't have to worry no, about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, lucky us. Uh, that's where we sent our convicts. He, he's so, um, down under. That's right. He should stay there. No, I think I, I, think, I, I think I would do exactly what Mike said. I would be more, much more conscientious on realizing that a lot of the stuff that I wrote in early years should be uh, kept and safe on the hard drives because in the later years, you know, you hear these old demos on cassettes and you go, oh my God, that's beautiful. Where is it? And of course, in the early years, um, we weren't quite as uh, tight as we should be. So I think in a, in a, in a, if, if I could go back, I'd say that everything you write, every step you do, try and um, you know, be as disciplined as we are now. Same as you, Mike, really. Yep. Hey, Bobby Osinski, how about you? Anything you would have done differently back then? He's gone. He's bored. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I would have upgraded my monitors. Wow. I would have poured a lot more money into monitoring. Wow. Wow. What, what were you listening to back in the day? I was listening to uh, Tannoy's, which were actually pretty good. But I would have expanded the whole thing with a with I, I think just a bigger set with some subwoofers and things like that in a better environment, listening environment. Well, that's pretty cool. That's that's actually really cool because it really shows how important monitoring is. Um, what about you, Diego? What would you what would you do differently uh, fourteen uh, years ago? From a technological standpoint, I I couldn't provoke. Um, really predict anything i mean i'm just using what i use and things change and i either like or don't like something i think what i would have done different though is uh i would have started my publishing company much earlier oh, that's good that's my, a cool one. my trader library you know and uh, 
Brandon is <laughs> nodding because I think we're in the That's same. That's what room. I was going to say. <laughs> right, yeah, because te technology changes doesn't really concern me. What, what concerns me is uh, how you're going to create something that you can sustain yourself, your family on. And I think that in light of the events, being independent, having a sort of, uh, you know, plan B and C uh, is not a bad idea. That's what I would encourage people doing now, even starting today. Sure. Brandon, what about you, since he's still your thunder? It, yeah, it's funny. That's exactly what I was going to say. But um, just on that note, um, I wish somebody, when I was younger, would have told me about um, passive income businesses. And publishing is one type of that. But any type of passive income business is, you know, it should be the focus of every business school. Kids should be taught this from the beginning. That's the goal. Get into something or you can make money while you're sleeping. I mean, that's the goal. That's, that's a great one. How about you, Bill? You know, the one thing that's always uh, kind of bit me in the butt through the years is the fact that I was reticent to let my content go for free. And I was wow. wanting to sell every queue and wanted to license everything that I ever did. I was very stingy about putting stuff out. I didn't realize that the internet was going to be a winner take all sort of a situation. And so what I would have done is optimize, maximize my YouTube channel. Wow. That's pretty good. That's really great. How about you, Nick? Well, um, I have something a little less trivial or a little more trivial than I usually would say along these lines. In 2006, I would have sold every compact disc that I had and took that money and rebought all of the vinyl that I got rid of when the compact disc broke. <laughs> that's actually that's actually really good. That's, that's actually really really good. How about you, Rob? I think I would have created a device that I could have used year years later to spray something very slippery onto the escalators at Trump Tower. <laughs> Word. Oh, yeah. And I think all of us will be a lot better. And Scott, finally, we're going back to you, brother. What would you... You know, I think, I, you know, it's, it's different in that the industry that I work in, I'm more of a pack animal or herd mentality where it's not like you sit at home and you be creative by yourself. I'm always with large quantities of people. And honestly, what I think I would have done I know this sounds, I don't want to sound obnoxious, but I think I would have taken more time off. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of times we get really busy and it's hard because you work and you don't want to stop because you've got success. But I have so many friends now that after 30 years haven't done anything but work. They mix, they create, they work, but they never enjoyed life like they would have liked to. So I think that now what I would have done is spend more time with the family spend more time with friends um, and try to, as, as we all try to balance our lives and our creativity is spending more time with people uh, than just next project, next project, next project. And you just sometimes, you know, that's what I would have done different. How about you, Andrea? Which by the way, Scott, that's probably the sweetest answer of every single one of those. So 
big, big that hug for you. That is good. <laughs> I think just, you know, someone else to just diversify and um, make sure that you understand the business side, being in radio on the creative side as an announcer, but also being in management, just learning all those skills as well. And really diversify because we are, the, the society is changing so much. They say by 2025, over 50% of our economy will be freelance people. So that, those will be people that aren't even working for companies, just working for themselves. So that's pretty um, great if you can do that too on the side and have your own business and those type of things. Well, that's, that's actually really good. <clears throat> I think one other thing that I would have done back in 2006 is I would have bought up all the analog gear that people were dumping. Yep. You know, people were dumping analog gear left and right. You could buy stuff for a song. I remember like you could buy like a Jupiter eight for hundreds of dollars. And now how much like Martin, you have a Jupiter eight, right? That's yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going to buy, you're not going to buy it off me. <laughs> no, I couldn't afford it. Cause a Jupiter eight now is like what? It is five? now a Jupiter eight now is worth eight grand. Eight thousand dollars. What I had, about, an offer, I had an offer yesterday for seven thousand two hundred. What uh, about so, even a Gibson Les Paul for eight hundred dollars? Yeah, so you can now sell for twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And also a Les Paul Junior, you know, which we, in the day that it was made, it was like two hundred dollars. Now it's about like three thousand. You know, so those, those were the times. Yeah, I bought a memory Moog. I bought a memory Moog for seven hundred forty bucks. The guy wanted eight hundred. I said, got him down to seven forty. Um, and just fixed a couple of contacts on the keyboard and it's about 14 now, 15 grand now. It's crazy. When did you buy yeah. that? About 12, uh, seven, six, 15 years ago. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. So, so Mike, so what, what you were thinking of doing there, Mike, is a very wise thing because uh, it is a very specialized uh, amount of money they're paying for all these, this equipment from the 80s. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But see, I unfortunately back then at uh, 2006, I was too busy trying to keep up with all the new digital plugins that were coming. And you were touring with me, so oh. it's hard. <laughs> well, yeah, that was back in the 90s. It's really hard. I've got a question for everybody regarding your debt, your de the 14 years ago and everything. What piece of te technological hardware or software are you still using? I mean, oh. are you? I, I mean, well, look, look what's behind about him. I'm not talking about, but something that came out then, what do you yeah. still have and use oh. regularly and, and like? That's easy. My Lexicon PCM70, PCM80, PCM90, and Eventide H3000, which are all of the effects that are permanently tied into my console. Yeah, they're good. Absolutely. Wow. Same I can, thing. Go ahead. I can honestly say I don't, I am not using one piece of gear like, well, let me let me jump in here then because except pro tools probably i'm using the massenburg eq from uh, right back yep. then and i'm still using my neve eq and i'm still using my jupiter 8 yeah so uh, yes thank you bobby good question actually you know what i'm using pro tools i've been using pro tools since the 90s so yeah i mean that's oh, even yeah, though i've i've probably had to pay like twenty thousand dollars to use it features since then but but yeah, but Pro Tools, that's the most consistent thing that I'm using in my studio is, is Pro Tools. Wasn't it Sound Tools back then? Yeah, exactly. It was Sound Tools, Audio Media 3. I started out in 98. On yeah. Pro the Tools. Amiga and the Atari. Well, yeah. even, even before that, it was, Pro, it was Pro Edit and then there was Pro Mix. They were literally two different programs that you had to use way back in the day. So yeah, that was, I was with Teddy Riley back then and 
you know, looking at that. Uh, yeah, E-Magic, that whole, that whole Cubase. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you guys are doing great on your keyboards. I've got an emulator 2 plus here that's still worth <laughs> about 300 bucks. <laughs> oh, I love that though. Eight bits, Does it love work? It. it works. Well, actually. It, it has its sound. The yeah. drives don't quite spin up. In, so. in my studio, I've still got a DX72 and a, um, a D50. So, uh, <laughs> yes, we are going back now. So I, I, so other than the guitars that are all old, um, um, we the, are. I've got Jupiter Six, Oberheim Expander, Wow, Wave Station, um, Pro One, DX Seven, Gray Matter. We're coming to your house. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I've got it. I I don't throw anything out. Um, what the Gray Matter was? It was a keyboard guy that used to do those sounds. Right? And I'm a guitar player with keyboards, but you know, I I was creating weird stuff with it. If we were to play that game, I'd be committed to an institution. Yeah, 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 yeah Rob. You would, you would uh, work, Rob. Yeah. Rob has empty boxes in storage. So yeah, he has oh, all the Rob. He, all his gear and the boxes and the receipts. And, <laughs> you know, if you if you need a copy of DOS one point got it. You know what? I even got a better one. Rob still has the mixer we were trying to give away on like episode three. And and the DMP7. Awesome. <laughs> DMP7, right? Yeah. I got three of them. Probably, <laughs> Nobody wanted them. He's probably got, uh, he's probably got 12 O2Rs or something like that. We, we tried to give, O2Rs. We tried to give away stuff. We only did, we did one giveaway, like two giveaways that were successful. We did an API, and then we did another small piece of gear. But we tried to give away Rob's DMP7s. <laughs> <laughs> and we just couldn't do Try it. Try to give them away and if it's four in the mail when you go on the channel. <laughs> uh, uh, no, because it was one of those, I'll, I'll get to it. They're, they're not, they don't work. Let me fix them up just a little, little, little. And then now, now it's just dust. Now well, if you I, open it up. I think it's worse than getting a DMP7 is getting two DMPs. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the guys listening to our podcast now uh, just were still wondering. I wonder if this is like salt in the wound, like, Where's my DMP7? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think I still know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Hey, we're going to switch over a little bit because I wanted to take uh, the opportunity with Andrea being here to talk about radio because back in 2006, radio was popping still. It was still kind of happening, you know, and, and you, you started to see the, the first signs of all these mega um, – networks starting to uh you know eat up all the little local stations all the small stations and now we're to a point where radio i'm going to say this and i and i don't mean this in a negative way but radio is kind of dead right radio is dead as as a traditional format it's now you know you know you look like westwood one and you look at iheart where their podcast networks are so much larger and there's so much content going down and you talk us through a little bit about how radio like that switch because even you're you used to have the number one show in texas right you had that number one evening show in dallas and just things have changed and so talk well, us through it's, that it's just really about disruption and so many more ways to get audio content and so what really hasn't is the audio content. So creators and songwriters and storytellers, this is still doing great. Even if you went to CES this year, um, you would have noticed that there's an audio boom, right? Things are happening with the new connected cars. 
traditional radio in the sense that we think about traditional radio is just listening on that dial. Well, those dials are changing. So traditional radio is hurting in that sense that millennials aren't really, they're using Pandora and Sirius and all the Spotify, uh, creating their own playlists where we differentiate ourselves as having that local content and that human connection that people still want. I mean, you see it uh, today with the coronavirus, even though we're isolated in our homes, we're finding ways to still have meetings and, and connect with people. So traditional radio is just having to redefine itself and become podcast networks like Westwood One has the largest podcast, uh, one of the largest podcast networks and does great. We do so many podcasts and carry some of the biggest names, which is awesome. But still, there are still some smaller markets and things that people still do love local radio. What we're going to see in the future is, is with the connected car and the dashboards changing, right? So it's not that traditional dial up that number. It's really going to be pressing that app, that button. That's all going to look different. So we have to get people used to that. So for what I do on the air with, with Alexa and smart speakers, all those things, which radio is being very um, proactive on that. And obviously um, extending their morning shows with podcasting and podcasting is growing at an exponential rate. So it's, it's an exciting time in a way that audio is more popular than ever because people are consuming things in those earbuds. So as you create content, you have to know that most people have those earbuds in their ears a lot of the day, right? But that's an opportunity for great storytellers, uh, songwriters, things like this. Music and audio is booming. Our terrestrial radio, the definition is changing. It's still the same thing. They just don't know what to call it, right? Because they, they have their iPhones and, and, and these streaming services. So that's kind of what is differentiating us right now is the, the human aspect of it. Yes. So I have a question for her. Go ahead. So, you know, it, it seemed because I was brought up with radio. What I was brought up with radio was not listening only to music on radio, but I was listening to DJs, KDKB uh -huh. in Arizona and different places. You actually started trusting certain DJs <clears throat> to introduce you to music that may have been a little out of the mainstream, something interesting, something that it was kind yes. of like, let's say your best friend, but it, 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 it introduced you to new music. Then it felt like it became corporate where it became no, the DJ no longer controls what music they want to play. Now they got to do a playlist and then they were just playing music. And then they realized, you know, we don't even need the DJ, just play the list automatically. And I thought the personality of radio stopped. And then it just right. became shock jocks talking about the most outrageous things they can. And it no longer became about the music. So it almost became a random iTunes player on the radio and just played whatever channel was playing whatever you liked. I think what you're saying there is like John Peel, somebody who really leaves a, a message to people and they really link into what John Peel with the BBC back then would do. And then bands like Pink Floyd and whatever, you know, Genesis could lift from that. So I, I agree with you. I mean, I'll get back to what you're saying, but I'm just thinking, yes, the DJs like John Peel, they don't seem to be around anymore, do they? Yeah, I remember yeah, with um, Chris Doritas on KCRW. Yeah. I mean, You'll yeah. still see this in yeah. larger markets, like in Dallas, the KISS FM morning show still does very well. And Kid Craddock, who 
was the, the, the face of that. He passed away, I don't know, five or six years ago, and they still keep the namesake and they still do very well. So people do want those memorable on-air yeah. personalities in character, between those character. songs. But so. only just talking, like I know they had a lot of Mark and Brian and they just sat there for two hours just shooting the shit. But I remember mm -hmm. uh, in the day when it first came to LA, a DJ came on and said, I'm going to play some music. We're not going to tell you who the band is. Um, and we're just going to let you see what you think about it. And the mm -hmm. band was Toy Matinee. Mm -hmm. And I remember going, oh, my God, this is amazing. What is that? And everyone was trying to guess who the band was. And nobody knew. They thought it was a Steely Dan. Is it, you know, what are we, what is this? And I love that because now all of a sudden I miss somebody saying, oh, I know you like this, but have you heard this? which is guess what we're doing with YouTube these days. We just kind of start searching for bands and music. That's not, excuse me for saying, but it's not all the Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston. Right. And right. it's not the top five or Taylor Swift right now and Beyonce. It always seems to, to go around 10 artists and that's all music is in any given moment. And I want to know what about these other artists that are doing things that may not be mainstream and pop in the day. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Podcasts fill a lot of that. Like back in the day, Howard Stern was doing a podcast before there were a podcast. He was just doing over there from radio. Diego, you were going to say something. Yeah, we should say hi to Patrick Leonard because you mentioned Toy Matinee. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because we were working together for a while. And so we brought him at the podcast. Yeah. He'll be at a table with uh, chewing gum under. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably on the mic stand. <laughs> it, it still is. I guarantee you. It's still on the, on the mic stand. But, you know, the new media has, has kind of taken – like, you can still – you can find podcasts that are specialized in, in all the different types of indie music, things like that. But I'll tell you one thing that's kind of weird is podcasts that – will take place in radio when it comes to um, being able to play the popular songs because of the licensing agreement. Like most, you know, most podcasters, a lot of them are just not, you know, they're not making a profit off this thing. They're just, you know, doing like we're doing like, and if, yeah. But if we had to, if we had to license like any music that we needed to, to use, we, we couldn't do a podcast. I can't play a Martin, you know, in the house of stone and light because I'd have to. That's right. Well, Why not? something that's going to happen too. We're, we're going to start seeing this as these big corporations get into more and more financial trouble. They're going to start selling off these stations to mom and pops who are still believing in that local radio and breaking new artists. So there is kind of a resurgence going on as the iHearts and the Cumuluses are dumping stations to get financially well on their books. Uh, you're going to see smaller owners pick these up, and it is an opportunity uh, for that 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 classic radio that you fell in love with that we all were romantic about because of the personalities had a lot more. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll point because it really wasn't as revenue. Go ahead. No, no, no I, I, you you broke up just a little bit, so I thought you were done. But I will tell you. Yeah, it sounds like we're going to be able to get back to a time where you can work radio. And Martin, like you're in the House of Stone and Light, like you got, you did a great job of working radio, right? The success of that was basically radio driven. Am I correct on that? 
Yeah, you're absolutely right, Mike. You know, for about two years, I just pushed that record after it didn't break. The um, Mercury Records thought it was best to send me out and just use my big mouth and uh, move to every radio station and play the hits, you know, in the early in the morning with an acoustic guitar. And um, the gift of the gab worked with all the radio stations. And I made a lot of, I made real good friends, very much like the uh, country and Western uh, artists used to do back at that time. I mean, that was another era. But yes, for two years, I just worked on the radio stations and became very personal to them and knew all the DJs. So every time after I'd had a meeting with them and I was promoting House of Stone and Life, I would send them cards after I'd left and said that was a great, you know, a great show and everything. So it was, it was very personal in those days. And you got on the phones and you called everybody for actually for months and months and just made relationships. And still to this day, which is pretty amazing, I get Christmas cards from the radio stations from back in the House of Stone and Light days. That's and, um, you know, they were sweet guys. But that was when radio was really the, the situation where you went in early in the morning at five o'clock and you, um, you, you sang your song early on and you told the stories. Luckily with me, because I'd had a few hits that people knew from the past. And so I could um, tell stories about it. But that was a different era when it was very, very personal. And I think my success came from having relationships with the actual DJs. And uh, they, became, they became friends. I don't know if it's the same now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. You, you actually pushed your record all the way to number one on the AC charts for like a year, right? Weren't you up there for like a year? Like that song. Yeah, but I had to do a deal with the mafia. I mean, it was... No, but... A lot of drug deals were done with that. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, but it was that. It was literally where, you know, for... There was... Number one was the Eagles. Madonna was second and I was third. And they said that um, Alton John's going to definitely, with believe, become the number one. But because you're a new guy out there calling us and you've got a lot of art and you remind us of um, the, the, the old writers that used to come around and speak to us, like uh, Jimmy Webb, they said, we're going to push your song to number one. So I was lucky at that point to jump across Madonna, the Eagles, I think, and Alton John, um, purely from having a relationship with the, with, the, with the DJs. And actually, Mercury Records were very clever because they said, your record's not going to break unless you get out there and sit down with these DJs and make friends. Um, so that, again, those were the days of human contact, you know, relationships. Andrea, do you, do you think that's going to come back? Do you think there'll be a time where we could break? And Bobby, why don't you weigh on this too to see if you can, if, if radio localizes, if, if that's going to be a viable place to break a, break a record? Well, it's in times like these where local radio does shine when people need local information. So I think there is, yes, it is coming back to that. And I have all kinds of, of freedom with my um, job and they allow. Um, so I, I, it's just about the disruption. So how am I going to uh, teach these millennials that, you know, they've got the earbuds in and they have their iPhone. They're going to grow up maybe not having that um regular routine of the morning. Everybody's routine is changing too. And with people working more from home, they're in their cars less. And the changes that are coming to the cars and the dashboard, it's going to be a challenge, an uphill battle for radio in the the traditional sense to come back from that. The one thing that will save it are the personalities, the people that the community connects with, that person being out in the community and making a difference. Like you're saying, that very personal vibe of radio is the only thing that will save it. So hopefully these radio companies will invest in talent and that, that's what's gonna make the difference is the talent. Cause I can get my music anywhere, right? It's gonna be that human connection, that entertainment and the talent that's gonna bring me back. 
Let me. That, that's a great point. Go ahead. So, um, well, hold, hold on one second, Scott. We'll get to your question. I just want Bobby to to comment on Bobby Osinski to com- comment on breaking a band on radio through um, new media from the new media perspective. Do you think that will ever? they'll cross over like that? I mean, the internet guys that have done that and, and go back to radio? You know, everybody I talk to who's in management or in music marketing tells me that radio is still important. But it's important on a secondary level. It's not going to be your primary way to break. It's going to be the way to take it to another, take your sales to another level. Because the, the freedom to play what you want to is not possible the way it used to be so with the uh, program directors having their hands tied so what that means is radio is still important on one level not so much on another level how much is that going to change in the future well i agree with andrea i think that we're going to start to see the big station groups uh throw off their non their the stations that aren't doing well, that aren't making them money. And I think we'll go back to local, which is going to be good for everybody. And I I think that will actually help millennials get more involved as well when there's something. For instance, local radio could be very effective right now in what we're going through if there's more of it. It would be a trusted source. So there's those situations where it could be very effective. Well, that's, that's a great point. And, and so hopefully it comes back to that. Scott, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that it seems that, I mean, radio served a function in the day. You had a car. Everybody wanted to drive. It was kind of the rite of passage. I have a 16-year-old who has no desire to get his license. And all his friends, nobody's just, they're not interested. They, they, they just don't care. It's not their thing. It's not their personalization. What I'm noticing, though, amongst my son and even with myself, I'm starting to watch YouTube a lot. And I'm starting to have channels that I like from Russian people to English people. I'm getting, I'm feeling very entertained and I'm finding my music now based on individual artists, people on YouTube. I'm probably watching YouTube an hour to two hours a day because TV, I'm kind of getting bored with at times. Streaming's great. Um, and I think that I'm, I'm just wondering, like we talked about the DJs before and the, the personality. Well, you go to a lot of, you know, Andertons and there's all these great music um, YouTubers. And there's also bands that were never anything. And now they're touring because everybody found them on YouTube. And I'm finding this is very interesting. Um, and there's a group in, in Australia that's toured the U.S., a group in Russia that does like Chicago tunes. They've had big tours in the U.S. There's a guy in Denmark and the Netherlands who's doing kind of goof metal on traditional songs. And they're, they're, they're filling huge stadiums of crowds because they're all YouTube stars. You know, so that, I wonder if YouTube's the new radio of the day. You know, you make a great point because, uh, you know, in response to the whole radio thing, we're training a whole generation of, of people who – don't even look like for us, radio is going to come back, but radio has never been in there 
in their sphere. You know, it's never been on their radio. So they won't even know to go to radio because they're going to places like, like YouTube. Anyway, it's really interesting to see what's going to happen. I think there's going to be a little bit of room for both. I kind of agree with Bobby and, and Andrea and the fact that once it gets localized, you know, there's, there's probably nothing as great as hearing your song on the radio, you know, just, just that, that whole thing, even, I don't know. There's just this, that romantic um, feeling of that whole thing. I mean, Martin, do you remember the first time you heard your song on the radio? Any song of yours on the radio? I do actually. Um, cause I have my own podcast as well. Now I put radio owls nest out cause of the romance of, of that. But um, I remember that my first ever record, was um, Doctor on the Radio, what a great title that was, um, with Q-Phil, and we sold five copies in France, maybe six, um, but then uh, it, was, it was on BBC Two, BBC, no, Radio, Radio Two, sorry, and they told us it was going to be played at three o'clock in the morning, so of course I made everybody I knew stay up, and I listened to it, and it was the biggest thrill in the world. And of course, you know, when I heard We Built the City so much on the radio, every time I heard it, it was a tingle because you can't really believe it. You know, every, something you start at home, something you record um, very close to your heart, very, very near, you know, on a little four track. Suddenly that vision is on, on uh, going out to the world. So, yeah, it's the best feeling in the world. Besides, fucking Bobby. Nothing as good as that. <laughs> what Paige says there. Yeah. On a more audio-centric point, when I've heard stuff for the first time I've done on radio, and I maybe paid you and everybody's have done this, when they actually hear your, your, your song on the radio, you, you think, wow, it does sound so different. What are they doing to it? It sounds so compressed. Yeah. Or why is it so this or so that? And it's, it's very, very enlightening. And you yeah. think, I must remember this for the next time I do a mix, that that, that snare drum is way too loud. Or, <laughs> and or, isn't, it, isn't it the truth that it actually sounds professional? You go like, oh my God, that's me. I remember doing that. I remember hearing the thing going, oh, that sounds pretty good. I think that's good. And it wasn't me. I found it afterwards. You know what? That's, we're going to have to do this on another podcast because we're running out of time. But the feeling when you first have anything that you've done, you know, when you first heard it, like the very first time I heard a commercial that I mixed and stuff like that, we're going to have to talk about that because that's actually yeah. a pretty special moment, but Hey, we're going to, we're going to wrap this up. So, um, thank you, Andy for or Andrea for, uh, joining us at this podcast. Come on. You have to do it one time. You got to do it. You know, you're listening to the audio now cast. Let's hear it. Let's hear that. <laughs> you're listening to the audio now cast. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, first of all, I want to thank each and every one of you guys. Um, and really quick, cause we're running out of time. Um, just give us a, I'm going to go to each one of you. Just give us a little bit of what you're doing right now. Diego, starting with you, what are you working on? Anything fun, exciting that you can talk about? Yeah, I'm working on something. I am really excited about, but obviously I can't talk about it. Well, however, I would like to use this little segment to say something important about an initiative that Spectrosonics uh, just started. Basically, every Monday they're going to uh, announce a charity or uh, a group of fund that will support the musicians in uh, these particular times, you know, so they will promote a name and make a, a donation to this particular group. So they just started this thing because um, we make sounds, but without musicians, it's kind of not working, you know? So sure. th it's a world that needs to exist together. And so right now, uh, 
this is something that they're that they thought it's a good idea and i agree with that so if uh, if you follow the social media or the website you will see a name each monday and that's an opportunity for somebody that needs some help to send their name and uh, hopefully get some help that's that's fantastic and you can go to the spectrosonic website and yeah. uh, and every monday they're going to release a new one yeah i read that i got the email today from eric that's yeah. fantastic yeah. Nick, what about you? What are you working on right now that you can talk about? Everything is, everything is coronavirus oriented. This, remember I said a couple of weeks ago that I had gotten a 3D printer? Yeah. These are the pieces of a hard shell N95 mask. Fantastic. Wow. I've delivered 30 of these to USC Med and I've delivered wow. about 40 face shields to grocery workers and things like that. Mm. Um, if you go up, uh, so good. if you go check out uh, Under the Big Tree, my, uh, my YouTube channel, there's already a couple of videos up there about um, building an ersatz little vocal booth at home for voiceover people that, uh, you know, that all of a sudden can't go work in recording studios. I did a long thing about why I got into 3D printing and what I've been doing with it. And uh, I've got more videos right in the hopper that are almost ready to go. Everything that I'm doing is about community and trying to help right now. Everything. That's fantastic. Good for you. Brandon, how about you? Yeah, just uh, same as last week, just cranking out some more uh, music and sound design trailer stuff. Fantastic. Bill, how about you? What are you, what are you working on, man? And you know what? There's no reason why you can't join us every Thursday now, brother. I'm, gonna send you, I'm sending you an invite every Thursday. <laughs> well, I why left you LA. Music? I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long, long, <laughs> it's a very long answer. Um, so I left LA. 10 years ago and I will say that um, moving to Austin has been great in a, in a bunch of ways but it's I it's a little smaller so I've had to diversify and I've done a lot of um, video work a lot of um, installation art kind of stuff for big events um, I put together a four-sided projection device that toured around for a while so I, I branched out into video because as audio people, we're really essentially we're about the experience, like the experience of hearing Led Zeppelin or whatever it might be. But that same feeling translates into new media of all types. And so last 10 years or so, I've been tightly integrating video into to what I'm doing. And right before the COVID thing, I was um, in talks to um, do a projection mapping sort of a thing in Las Vegas for a small circus out there. And so the good thing is moving away from uh, LA was that I had to diversify big time. And um, the bad thing about moving from LA is- No sushi. Yeah, no sushi and I miss it. I miss it a lot. Well, man, thank you for joining us. And I'm serious. I'm, I'm sending you an invite because we, we got to, and I got to call you. We got to, we got to talk. There's so much to catch up on. So awesome. how about you, Andrea? Uh, what are you working on? Where, where can we? Yeah, where, we where are just we full. Well, we are full um, COVID-19 mode two with our affiliates as with Westwood one. I'm, I hit a lot of stations. So I'm just, making sure that we're, we're um, 
helping our affiliates get that word out and be in that community friend right now. And also I'm getting into myself, just getting into talent coaching for talent on the radio and uh, helping them be better storytellers and connecting that human connection like I was talking about. So I'm diversifying in that way too, is um, teaching people how to do good podcasts instead of just popping on a mic and, and guessing at what they're doing. Uh, we have a lot of people that are jumping <laughs> into that arena um, that think, well, that, that think that they, um, they want to, um, try and teach them that it's just not, not about popping on the microphone. You have to have a plan and a strategy in the podcast world and you can be successful. So helping talent coach through that as well. Okay. Well, I'm going to be getting a new coach pretty soon. So that's great. <laughs> Bobby, how about you out there? And, uh, you told us a little bit, you're working on any projects you can talk about really quick. Which Bobby? Bobby is Bobby. No, no, Bobby Summerfield. Sexy Bobby. Sorry, Bobby Summerfield. No, that's Bobby. Sexy Bobby is Bobby Osinski. We're talking Bobby Summerfield. Bobby Summerfield down under. Disco Bobby. That's right. Scott came up with a good one. That's me, B. Actually, no. Well, I'm down here. I intended to come down to Australia, but I came five or six months earlier when I saw the orange idiot talking about COVID nineteen and how we're going to go back to everything on on Easter. So I thought, ah. Let's get moving now. So here I am. <laughs> that was very <laughs> wise. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anyway, uh, but uh, hope everything goes well. I will say something about this. That is not specifically about what I'm doing, but don't you all think COVID-19 is terrible, obviously, no doubt. But don't you find there's a lot of good and better human spirit? Worlds so together. Yes. Everybody's the world. more loving. Absolutely. Why do, why do we need that? We, did, we didn't need to have this to be like this, but hopefully no. it seeps into our bodies forever, not this COVID thing. It gets cured and we don't go off and become little greedy, you know, people again entirely. That's many- perfect. Fantastic. And we're, we're getting slow on time. So, Rob, how about you? What are you working on? Anything you talk about? You're always doing something fun. Well, right now I'm actually working on just two giant technology projects. And one is very involved with music and one is artificial intelligence. So I'm mostly sitting in my room writing code 16 hours a day. So, Wait, are we talking to Rob or are we talking to Rob's Android? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I seriously don't know. It could go either way. And the, the music project I'm actually hoping to be able to talk about here soon. We're still about two weeks away from knowing whether it's going to fly or not. Fantastic. And I still think you're probably working on Westworld for reals. But, uh, <laughs> Bobby Osinski, sexy Bobby. Um, but uh, you, is there anything you're working on you can talk about? No one's ever called me that before, but thank you. <laughs> uh, my latest book went to number one on Amazon categories. Music, social promotion for musicians, third edition. So that was kind of cool. And other than that, I'm just doing the same thing on my courses, uh, blogs, podcasts, all that. That's fantastic. <laughs> Martin, Mr. Martin Page, it's so good to see you on the podcast. You better be coming back more often. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was, I was put in a bit of an emergency uh, before this, but it was nice to see all you guys again. And I want to say, Mike, because it's really about the anniversary and it's really about what you've done for all this period of time. So can I ask everybody, everybody that's watching this live here, give you a round of applause for all these shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there oh. we go. <laughs> the best, in Mike. Between, you um, really are. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's all down to you, Mike. Um, around the edges, I've just been doing the same thing. 
I am uh, recording an album that I started with Bobby five years ago by this, because of the virus, I'm actually mixing it now and it's disciplined me to finish the record, which I'm very thrilled about. In between that, a song was recorded by Robbie uh, Williams and Ronan Keaton that I wrote with Robbie a long time ago, and that's coming out in July. And um, I'm doing my podcast, which is Radio Owl's Nest, doing exactly what we're doing here, playing my old songs and just trying to stay in touch with the people. So um, it's not bad for me to be locked up because it makes me finish some of the work that I haven't finished for a while. And actually, I'm working on a, actually this album that I did with Bobby a long time ago, which is sounding superb. So um, I'm very is thrilled. Me, some other Bobby. Hey. <laughs> is there any, any new music coming out anytime soon? Absolutely not. No, I'm very <laughs> slow. Very slow. No, I, I, I actually, when you hear new music from me, it's from Radio Owlsnest because every show I release every month uh, has a two or new song, two new songs that nobody's heard before. And I'm going to release an album at the end of the year that has all the odds and sods that have been played on the radio show. That's my plan. Uh, that's fantastic scott how about you uh what are you working on anything you can tell us really fast i can finally talk to, about what's going on so much stuff uh we just uh my show just aired for the first time uh last night called mrs america oh it's great and um we're getting rave reviews and uh we're still finishing episode eight and nine episode one and two and three have just said hulu um Again, we're getting five stars, so we're excited that you know, I've been honest in September, so we're getting a lot of a buzz about that. Um, some video games are starting to pop up. Uh, the latest Doom I ended up working on, and that's come out. And then I got two Riot projects that are just starting to, to slowly show their heads. So it's a year's worth of work that's finally I could say something rather than I can't say anything. That's fantastic that's great well i'm looking forward to playing those games how about you mike um i'm working on on uh you know being inside for the verse is really tell the truth here mike tell it's, the truth it's, it's actually working on it's actually helped me because i'm finishing a lot of things like next week we have an episode of, our nashville episode of spaces is dropping and that was done a while ago but we had to do the api one first so that one's gone i'm editing uh, the documentary for my <laughs> <laughs> this is a wonderful project That's you're right. working on. I'm working on a documentary for my son, um, and uh, I've been editing that. And also, I'm working on a documentary on We Built This City. And telling the story of We Built This City. <laughs> so, the worst yeah. song ever written. That's right. So, uh, I'll, that's, that's actually going really well. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, hey, listen, guys, this has been great. I just want to thank all of you for your participation in, in the podcast. And uh, it wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have seven listeners if it wasn't for all you guys, because you're, <laughs> you're the talent, all your stories. But I'll, I'll be honest, I really needed uh, this podcast. And we started doing it weekly again, because for me, it's, it's a great change of pace. And it's a positive, you know, yeah. part of my day, because yeah. there's so much horrible things that are happening out there i mean it's it's super super bad for some people you know and so yeah, don't yeah. don't take the virus lightly you know take care of yourself and and you know it, it blows my mind to try to think of how we're going to come out of this but i know we're going to come out of this i don't know what it's going to look like i don't like what's 
what's what's it going to be like the first day you go back to a, a movie theater or the or you go back to you know Disneyland or a, or a, you know or athletic competition? It, it, it's just going to be weird, you know. So um, everybody, stay healthy. Thank you so much. If you have any let, comments, let or me questions, just say here, Mike, that what you just said there is so important, though, that people like us that are very lucky and with the creators and with the musicians, we have a chance to actually help people. And that's a big thing of what you're doing now as well with the podcast. And I think we're, we're the fortunate ones. And what you just said there is really important because what we do with our music and how we uh, communicate and how we try to reach out from what we're lucky to be doing is very special. So, Thank you, Martin. I'll tell you what, you brought up a good point. It, I, I feel like the days for me, I've got so much to do and so much to edit that they're flying by. I feel like yeah. it's just going like this. Like, like it's not slow at all. It's like super fast. And the other thing, I, I, I feel this weird pressure and I just want to give this tip. Like I feel this pressure that if I don't come out of this with like all these projects that the sense of failure and I know it's not, I shouldn't think that way, but I just like, Every once in a while, I just got to do a, I, I just have to turn it off. I got to turn off that screen behind me. I got to turn off everything there. And I just Absolutely. have to yeah. have to do something else because if, yeah. I, if I don't, I'll be, I'll, I just have this, all this other type of anxiety and stress, you know, to it's, like. It's absolute nonsense. And I'm doing the same thing. I want to do as much as I can, but all of the psychological literature that I've seen says you can't do as much as you want because all of us are traumatized right yeah. now. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone uh. we're carrying this additional emotional burden and that absolutely limits your productivity. So be, go easy on yourself. There. No, I, I understand. And thank you. I will say this though. I, I want to, I want to thank all the companies out there that have really stepped up to the plate and given away free plugins and done stuff like that. Like resolve. Like if I didn't have resolve, cause I'm learning resolve right now. And I, a hundred percent recommend that to anybody out there to learn yeah, resolve. Although Fairlight is frustrating because they don't do some things the way they need to do things, but resolve itself is awesome. And it's such a deep program. Like I got into uh, fusion and the fusion part of that is so it's like, it's just a whole nother universe. So I just, you know, that's stuff you can get for free on the internet. And that's something, if you want to pick up a new skill, now's the time to do that. But all that to say is there's, there's like, you know, like Bobby um, Summerfield was saying, you know, the human spirit, people are coming together, people care about each other. And, and I never knew I, I was in so much need of, of just being with people and touching people and hugging people as, as, as I do now. You oh. know? So it's, it's really, it's really amazing. So thank you so much, all you guys. Thank you, <clears throat> Bill. I hope we see you on some more podcasts. Love and, um, and Bobby Summerfield, it's so great to see you. And, <laughs> Follow, follow, follow Bobby on Facebook if you just want to laugh like all the time. He's Which one is the sexy Bobby? Which one is the sexy Bobby? Bobby Osinski's the sexy Bobby. Bobby, oh, Summer, okay. Bobby okay. Summerfield's the drunk Bobby, which is, which is kind of fun <laughs> in and of itself. Why not? Oh, Bob. Okay. So from myself and everybody here, after 14 years, 200 episodes, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Woo! We love you, Joanne. Thanks for listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wireworld Pro Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and features a panel with Rob Arbutier, Bobby Osinski, Scott Gershon, Nick Peck, Diego Stucco, Brandon Birdside, Martin Page, Bobby Summerfield, and maybe a guest or two. We'll see you next time. <laughs>